Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, like father, like son, recapping the home run derby. The National League snaps their losing streak, recapping the MLB All-Star game. New teams, new contracts, new expectations. Who nailed NBA's free agency and who didn't? The NBA unveils their version of an in-season tournament. The NFL season is just around the corner, previewing the AFC East division. With that, I'll give you our chief our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back here in the studio again uh, on a Thursday night and uh, live in Matt's basement. Um, now we got a pretty good show coming at you here, but uh, before we get started, we got to we got to pay the bills, so stay tuned. We've got a real quick commercial, and then we'll be right back at you. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com slash firedup, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash firedup. We're back. Thanks for staying with us here. Uh, we're going to start out with the uh, the first of the weekend festivities, and that was the uh, home run derby. Um, like Colton said, we had a fa- first time ever for father son. Vlad Vlad Jr. Um, won it just 16 years after his dad did. Uh, so it's pretty exciting stuff there. I think uh, I think Colton, you picked uh, Jr. there to win, didn't mm-hmm. you? Going yep. in, yep. so I obviously put my guy out in the first round, Mookie Betts, which. Really, I guess I wasn't surprised, but I had hopes. He, I mean, he didn't even give himself much confidence. No. I mean, before, you know, kind of leading up to the All-Star, you know, kind of the night before the, the, the day of the home run derby, he's like, yeah, I don't give myself much shot to win this thing or whatever. But he's like, uh, you know, wanted to add it to my resume and, you know, just put myself out there and, you know, see, see what I could do. But, uh, yeah, obviously it was no match for the power that, you know, uh, Vlad, Vlad Jr. had, had mm-hmm. for him in the first rounds. <clears throat> so, yeah, so he, he beat him pretty handily, handily 26 to 11. Mm-hmm. And he hit nine of those just in, just in his bonus time. Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause he was smashing them. Mm-hmm. They were, mm-hmm. I mean, they were deep. There were so, no doubters. Yeah, they were. Yeah. No, no question about those. And then uh, also in the first round, you had uh, the number seven seed, Julio Rodriguez going up against number two, Pete Alonzo. And um, he hit Julio hit 20 of them in less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got, he was smoking. He was on it. He mm-hmm. was on fire and uh, mm-hmm. 32 in, in regulation and nine right. in a bonus to set a, a round record of 41 beat, beat Vlad jr. Who held the record for right, that for 40. Before. Right. Yeah. And almost doubled up on Alonzo who only hit 21. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So Matt, you want to go over some of the first round highlights as well? Yeah, I mean, that that was a, a huge uh, downfall for me because I had picked Alonzo to win this thing, and he right. just got destroyed. So right. Rodriguez was just raking out there. Uh, In front of his hometown. Yeah, too, I, I think yeah. that helps being familiar yeah. with the park. Right. And just right. everything just felt at mm-hmm. home there. Right. I'm sure that helps in that, that setting. Right. Uh, then you had the number one seed, Luis Roberts. He beat the number eight seed, uh, Adley Rushman, 28-27. That was a pretty exciting first round. Yeah, it was bringing, 
right down to one pretty, home run. Pretty interesting in that one, you know, you know, although, uh, you know, Adley wind up losing, um, he hit 20, he hit in his regulation time, he hit 21 of his home runs from mm-hmm. the left side of the plate. Yeah. Then the, the bonus time, he hit seven more from the right side of the plate in his bonus time, he switched so, sides. So did he cost himself by switching sides? Yeah. Though, you know? It was kind of neat to see. Right. Yeah. Fun yeah. show, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, I mean, you know, part of the, part of the show and everything like that. I mean, yeah, it was always in the back of your mind that he, you know, probably was going to do that or right. possibly do that sometime throughout the night. But yeah, it may, may have cost him in the same round by, by doing it or, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it was kind of, kind of just, you know, a neat thing to neat right. thing to see. So, and then the, the number five there, Randy, Randy, he beat uh, Adolis Garcia 24 to 17 and another, another one that wasn't really all that close. So that, that whole first round was kind of pure domination by the, by the winners other, the other than other. that one versus eight. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was, Kind of anticlimactic on the first round as far as the mm-hmm. winners go, but still a ton of ton of awesome shots out right, there, right. making for an exciting first round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we moved into the semis, and you, know, you had Vlad going up against J Rod, um, you know, the hometown guy, and uh, close, close battle in that. It one. was until you know the extra J Rod was stroking there for for a bit. He hit twenty homers in the first three minutes, and then uh, just kind of went cold. Yeah, get, he just kind of fell off. I don't know. Fatigue, Gotta wonder if he wore himself out. Fatigue right. kind of set in a little bit on them, and then Colton, you want to take the other semi there? Yeah, then obviously, uh, like Matt mentioned, the number one seed, you know, Luis Robert, uh, you know, facing off against Randy Rosarina, um, you know, fell fell to him by a pretty pretty big margin, um, you know. A Rosarina jumped up from his first round to his second round, you know, hit 11 extra home runs in the, in the second round, uh, yeah, beat, you know, beat Luis Robert by a score of uh, 35 to 22. Um, but, you know, one highlight, I guess you could say for, you know, Luis, you know, Robert Jr. In that second round, he hit the, he hit the longest home run of the night at 484 feet. Mm. Um, you know, so that was, you know, was one thing, um, you know, so pretty good, you know, highlight for him in that second round, even though he, you know, did ultimately take the loss. He did, you know, hit hit the longest home run in that, you know, in that round. Uh, you know, what cost him is in his extra time, he only hit one home run in that bonus Again, time. You gotta, so you gotta wonder fatigue. Right, right. Know. Started to start to set in. Um and and I think the difference for a Rose Arena hitting more home runs kind of in this second round compared to his first round, the first round he didn't get the extra bonus time mm-hmm. the second round he did get get some extra time so i think right, that was kind right. of the difference that he was able to separate himself a little bit more uh you know compared to you know luis robert jr so, so it's pretty impressive he won that first round without without any bonus right time, right so, yeah. yeah then we get to the final of course you, you know you had a rosarina ray rosarina going up against vlad jr uh kind of funny the six seed going up up against the eight seed so yeah you know the two guys that were lower in the brackets or mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, and it was close. Yeah. Uh, Rosarina hit uh, 15 in the final 90 seconds mm-hmm. to, to get within two of Vlad, but uh, he, the big man was just too much for him. And and like Colton said, man, he was hitting some no-doubters. They yeah. were just crushing. I think one of them they said had an exit velocity of like 120 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're generating all that because that pitch is coming in at, what, maybe 50, 60 right. mile an hour. Yeah, it's – So you're, it's not like you're getting the – the extra help of a you of know ball. A, from a pitcher throwing a heater in there, you know, you're you're generating all that. But right. he is a big kid, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just 
pretty impressive. Display. Yeah, I think it does talk to the testament of, you know, kind of that fatigue. Because if you look at the numbers for, you know, Vlad, he was kind of consistently right around, you know, the mid 20s mm-hmm. every round. Right. Yeah. So I think that did play. I mean, obviously, he's been in this event before. He was the runner up back in 2019. So he already has some familiarity of what it takes or, you know, not to somewhat gas yourself out in the beginning. Uh, you know, you've got to be, again, consistent throughout the, you know, the three rounds uh, just because, yeah, you, you you can't, you know, can't push yourself too much in that first round because then, yeah, you got nothing left left in the tank, you know, going, going forward. So, yeah, if you kind of look at those numbers, it really does play into the narrative that, yeah, you, you somewhat have to be consistent right. all three rounds. It's not have a really big round and then then, yeah you're you're more than likely that next round you're probably going to be low number so i think that was somewhat of the difference for him in this one the thing i'll be interested to see is you know now that the all-star breaks over and these guys are going to get back to playing regular baseball right how's this going to affect some of them because i you change up your swing a little bit just to do the home run derby Mm -hmm. a lot of times these guys come out start the second half cold because they They got to get back into a rhythm of yeah get used to these guys all do getting used to seeing 90 mile an hour fastballs instead of you know seeing 50 mile an hour you know right over (laughs) the plate type you know type thing so yeah it will be a little bit of a difference or you know we'll take probably some time you know the nice thing is, is they do get, you know, kind of a kind of a break before the second half kind of starts up. Games don't really start up until I think tomorrow is the first set first set of games. So, um, so yeah, they will get a little of extra extra BP, you know, in there in between, um, you get know, the timing back right to help, you know, try to alleviate that. But yeah, it does seem like history does say that yeah, people that typically participate mm-hmm. in this home run derby the second half they kind of start to slow down as far as you know their home run rate just because yeah they got to get back into normal normal rhythm right. if you will well, so hopefully it doesn't, ha- doesn't happen to my boy mookie i mean he's on pace to have his best 40 home runs right. uh best season of, in his career so hopefully getting knocked out in the first right round right yeah, exactly. maybe works to his benefit a little there bit I hope so. right right yeah. <clears throat> all right well then on to the actual all-star game you know obviously uh the national league had won since 2012 and they got a, a victory in late you know in dramatic fashion mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know a two-run bomb by the Rockies catcher Elias Diaz, um, you know, his first all-star game and his first all-star at bat, mm-hmm. you know, he, he hits the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. So that yeah. was pretty impressive. Um, and for, you know, for his efforts, it wins him the MVP award. Yeah, yeah, and, the yeah MVP, and, so. MVP. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what turned out to be a, a pitcher's duel. Yeah, know? which I thought, you know, I thought that favored the American League, and it looked, looked that way until, mm-hmm. you know, because – if you look at the home run that Elias hit, uh, he was going up against um, Felix Batista, who at that time, who yeah. at that time, he's pitched 42 innings this this season. He's only given up three home runs in those 42 innings, and yeah. you know what are the odds? You know one right. one one at bat, and it you know changes obviously changes the course of the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I thought in a low scoring game, this definitely favored the AL just because I'd like like their pitching staff more than mm-hmm. more than the NL but you know again all it took was one one swing right. of the bat and that was the, that was the difference um American League didn't go down without a fight nope, you know nope, they, got, they they made they it interesting two guys on there in the ninth inning right. and uh Kimbrell did look a little shaky Craig Kimball from Phillies came in to mm-hmm. try to hold him off and he walked a couple batters well, we got the first two outs in got, the inning yeah, and then, then walked the next two batters and then a couple batters you know and then our oh, boy from cleveland jose ramirez up the bat and he got him on a high yeah, heater just wasn't able game, to but, wasn't able to clutch it but uh yeah. yeah no hats off to the to the national league i mean yeah it was a a great game i mean i watched a little bit of kind of the first couple innings or whatever i mean it almost started with a bang the first inning 
uh, I think it was it was I think it was Ronald Acuna Jr. about smacked it almost the very first pitch of the game, <laughs> about crushed it out of the park, and uh, I think it was uh, yeah Adalis Garcia couldn't couldn't even see was completely blinded by the sun right. and made a made a heck of a catch over the wall. I'm not even I think he just stuck his glove up there and hoped that hoped for the, the ball went in the glove. <laughs> Then the very next at bat, I think it was another uh, Braves player hit it to left field, and another wild circus catch that Randy Azarina, uh, Rosarina made out in yeah. left field. So it was like, yeah, the National League could have gotten that thing started with a bang. Right. Uh, but yeah, two amazing plays to start off, you know, from a defensive standpoint. And then the rest of the way, it was just yeah, kind of kind of coasting, you know. AL got out to an early lead, then the NL kind of you know called their way back, and you ultimately took the lead, but. Yeah, just a, a, a good game, um, you know, ultimately, yeah, came Exciting down. Exciting game to watch, actually. Right, right. Usually I'm not much for all-star games, but that was that was actually a fun one to watch. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, overall record, the AL still holds the advantage uh, 47-43-2 um, mm-hmm. in the, you know, overall series between, you know, between the American League and National League. But, like I said, National League finally snapped their, snapped their losing streak, so they'll get, you know, the home – Home field, field advantage in the, the in the World Series, the fall classic. You know so. the game that you know, or the series that actually matters more to, to these teams. You yeah. know than these than the than this All Star game. So that you know could play you know some dividends or pay dividends for you know the National League. Whatever team represents the National League could uh, you know pay you know help help them out. You know getting home field home field advantage. So absolutely. All right, on to some NBA news. On to the hard court here a little bit. Uh, we kind of went through the free agency process to this point and picked winners and losers. Matt, you want to get us started? Yeah, I picked a, I picked a couple teams to be my winners. I started off with uh, Colton's favorite team here in the Dallas Mavericks. You know, they came out, they re-signed Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. They uh, brought in Grant Williams through a trade. They had a great draft, uh, bringing mm-hmm. the, some young talent there. So they, they really did a lot this offseason to mm-hmm. really improve their team. I, I look for them to be be contenders with Luca out there just mm-hmm. tearing it up like he does every year. Right. Could this be the year he finally gets over that hump and right. and makes a real playoff push? Mm-hmm. I, I like that pick, Matt, until until Kyrie gets bored. Yeah, right. that's, that's always true. Yeah. <laughs> until he yeah. gets tired of playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it seems like that's what happens to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We will see, you know, how that how that plays out. Um, you know, it's odd that you say that, Matt, because that's who I have as my <laughs> as my winner. You know, obviously my Mavericks are, you know, that's that's my team, but you know, I think that they did make legitimately right. make some some good Absolutely. moves. You know, I think yes, the the Kyrie Irving. Some people would say that that doesn't make you know it. It could go either way. It, you know, that's 120 million dollars they fully guaranteed mm-hmm. to him. There is six million dollars of that deal that is more team. Got to find a way to keep him interested. Right when he's interested, he's one of the best. He's in the a business. heck of a is, heck though. of a a one two punch yeah. for Luca, where Luca doesn't have to shoulder you know all of the weight you know Absolutely. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it will be you know if they can keep him engaged, keep him focused, you know, on basketball and you know just playing and things like that. Yeah, this team could be could be dangerous. Um. You know because of adding the Grant Williams, adding you know Derek Lively the second, adding Oliver Maxi, it's Prosper in the draft all three guys that I think contribute on the defensive end where this Mavericks team faltered last, you know, I think the offense was there. They had plenty of offense. It's that kind of tough grittiness on the defensive end that when they made that trade for Kyrie, they lost some of that, you know, kind of gritty or some of those guys that filled roles that, that really, you know, uh, helped the team in in different ways that maybe didn't don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. And I think Mm -hmm. by getting some of these other guys, 
they're filling those voids that they that they have on the yeah, on the defensive. I, I think to me their their biggest question mark though still out there is do they have somebody a big that can guard those mobile bigs? Mm-hmm. I mean the guys they got in the draft right. aren't really great movers. Mm-hmm. I mean they'll defend the rim and right, right. they can shoot the inside shot, but are, are they going to be able to? to guard those bigs that can float out mm-hmm. to the three-point line yeah. and do some of that. So I think that's that's probably the biggest area of concern right now. Yeah, I would agree with address that. a ton of needs this offseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm going to stay out west with my winner and go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of um, hype around them picking up Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. you know, and adding him to Durant, Devin Booker, and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also – by stealing Eric Gordon, I think this was a steal. Yeah, this yeah. is a veteran player, a three-point specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, they stole him two years, six million. I mean, that, yeah. that's a bargain. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though he's going to be 35 years old this year, I still think. And also, they added a solid interior defender in, from the Spurs and Keita Bates-Diop. Mm. Um, you know, he's somebody that will protect the rim. But also, since he came into the league in 2018, he's improved his shooting percentage from 42% to 51%. Yeah. So, and being the know, next Buckeye, I look forward to him. Yeah, I, I thought you'd like that. Here. I thought yeah. you'd like that. Yeah, right. so, right. I thought I'd throw that at you. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, liked, I like what Phoenix has done. They got deeper, mm-hmm. you know, on, off the bench. So, uh, I yeah. look for maybe, you know, that being the piece to maybe get them over the hump. Yeah, Let's no, that, that definitely, you know, when we talked about the Bradley Beal on the show, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, that was my concern with this, Probably you know, Suns team team is they have so much money wrapped up or so much invested in their starting lineup mm-hmm. what do they got left to fill with role play because i mean those guys can't play every minute of every right. game and, and i think they did well with yes. what they had left to work yes. with yeah what, so what, adding eric i think yeah that's definitely you know win for mm-hmm. them in the sense that yeah adding eric gordon who's been a great you know a great role player a guy that you know fills a nice void of you know can bring in some shooting pretty yeah. good shooter off the bench i think yeah they've been able to somewhat fill out that roster better than what I thought they right. were going to be able to do um, with their you know, limited cast with the, with the limited left. cast base that they have, you know, so much invested, like I said, in that, in that starting lineup that mm-hmm. again, they may have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA, but at some point they have to, you know, you have to bring yeah. them off the court. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what, you know, does the production drop off that much that it's like, right. yeah, it's night and day difference. And I think, a lot, you know, that's, a, that's, you know, in today's NBA, I think that's why the Nuggets won the NBA title is because they were so deep at so mm-hmm. many positions that there wasn't a huge drop off when they, when they had to go to their bench. So yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you definitely, you know, hit it there that the Suns have done well, you know, not only to fill with Bradley Beal, but fill some of those other, you know, role positions mm-hmm. with the, with the money that they've, they, they had they less. Had <clears throat> All right. Well, Colton, give me your, uh, give me your loser so far in free agency. Um, yeah, for me, um, I'm, I'm going, going out East. Um, it's gotta be for me, it's, it's the Toronto Raptors and, and, and mostly it's because this team, they're late in the game. They haven't, they, they haven't identified what they want to do as a team. They, they, you know, basically they let, you know, their all-star guard, Fred Van Fleet walk out the door for nothing, for nothing, nothing when when they could have, you know, this kind of rumor of him being traded, everything like that was on the block for almost two years now mm-hmm. they could have you know tried to have gotten something and they would have gotten something back i mean this guy is you know has been an all-star right. you know one of the premier you know guards in the in the league they would have gotten something out of him but now you know you wait around wait around you know whatever and now he walks you get nothing mm-hmm. well you know two summers you know two summers ago they did the exact same thing with kyle lowry right. they they you know they were able to trade him but they got a heck of a lot less than what they right. probably could have 
by trading him to the Heat, they basically got, you know, pretty much nothing in return. Well, I think that's going to be the case with their two stars that are left. Mm-hmm. They have Pascal Siakam and OG Anunoby. On, on uh, yeah. And they're both on expiring contracts, yeah. so you're not going to get a ton for a one-year rental. Right. There's and, some interest out there for Siakam, too, right. going well, forward. And the thing that I heard with OG Anunoby is that at this past trade deadline, there were a couple of teams that were willing to give up three first-round picks Jeez. for the guy, and oh. they still didn't make the deal yeah. because – that was they, you know, we're still playing somewhat sub five hundred basketball. So they right. thought, oh, we'll make, you know, they're they're content with just making, making the playoffs. playoffs, and you know, but again, can't commit to a direction mm-hmm. whether they want to clean house and mm-hmm. wipe the, you know, start slate over. clean and start fresh, or hang on to some of these, you know, veterans that have helped them get to, you know, some of those elevated titles of, right. you know, winning NBA championships and making deep runs in the playoffs. They can't make a decision what they want to do, and it, and it winds up biting them because mm-hmm. by the time that they realize, man, we we want to get rid of these guys, they either get nothing or they get very little back and back in return. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it was it for me and Siakam somewhat in the same boat right now because at this point he he you know can opt out. He will be a free agent next next season. And from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the Raptors are in no way, shape, or form going to be signing him to an extension. Because, I mean, we're this late into free agency, right. so it doesn't sound like they, you know, see him as in their future plans. And, and if you're him, why would you? I mean, right, you right. want to so, play for a contender. Right, so they need to, you know, do something before same pattern repeats itself again right. where he becomes a free agent next season. And he, you know, walks out again, the door. more than likely isesn't coming back because he wants an extension now right. and they're not going to give it to him. So he's like, okay, well, I already the handwriting's on the wall. This team doesn't want me back. Yeah. So when it comes free agency, there's not even a question. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere right. else, but for goodness sakes, try to get something right. because you've struck out so many times of getting your veterans, you know, that you can Let get some go. value out of mm-hmm. and rebuild, rebuild this team. Don't, you know, somewhat don't settle for being sub 500 or, you know, 500 team. Yeah, it's like Toronto won that championship and they've just been happy to live off of that. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like all the decisions that they've made mm-hmm. since that championship are now starting to, you know, bite them and they, you know, could have done a lot more or set themselves up for a better future, but, but chose not to. So for me, that's, that's my big loser of the, of, you know, so far through free agency okay. based on some moves over the past, you know, some, several free agents. Well, yes. I'm going, I'm going back out West. Okay. Portland Trailblazers. All right. All right. Second day of free agency. No surprise. Damian Lillard says I want out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of guys that stick with the team. And in my opinion, Damian Lillard, has done that, right. has given Portland ever, every opportunity to get him some help out mm-hmm. there. And they just refuse. Right. They they, just, he wanted, you know, they got the number three overall pick. He wanted him to trade that pick to get for veteran. veteran help. Right. And I think they could have done that. And they refused. And I, to me, this is not going to work out mm-hmm. for Portland. Damon, right. Damien's going to be gone and you're going to have, you know, nothing left that you where you could have traded maybe that third. I understand getting young new talent in there, but this guy has proven that he has been loyal to that franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, they they predicted how many years ago that he was going to walk I mean, out. It's been yeah. the, the last you know three, Every, four, four, four eight yeah. It's yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard's not coming back. I'm coming back. And and he signs an no, extension. He said, I'm commit. He, and he said, I've committed to this team, and and in my he has been. I right. I, I, don't, I don't fault the guy mm-hmm. right. at yeah. this point. Like I said, I'm a big 
a big uh, believer in, in being loyal, but I think he's done everything. I don't think they've done him right. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe loyal to a fault at this point right. for, you know, for Damian Lillard, because right. yeah, right. what has it cost him, yeah. you know, to be mm-hmm. able to go to a, you know, a team that, yeah, this he guy, wants to go to Miami. This guy is not, this guy's not washed up. He's not, you know, he still has, he's, got good, left, he's still yeah. got some good seasons. In Can you him. imagine him in Miami with the, I yeah, mean, I mean, that's, that's the target or that's, you know, I, guess I don't think I don't think it's going to happen though. Right. I just I don't think Miami has the assets, and you know I'm, that's why I'm holding kind of holding judgment on on this for Portland because mm-hmm. they are holding out for the best possible deal they can get. Right, they're not just sending them where he wants to go, and and that's their right. I mm-hmm. mean, it they is. own his rights, so they right. they want to do what's best for for their team going forward. So right. if they are going to trade them, they want to want to get the most assets mm-hmm. out of them. So I, I don't think he ends up in Miami. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think not. they're going to hold out and. And find that highest bidder and, and get the yeah, most. It all depends on it. what Miami's willing to give up. Right. You know, if if they want to keep some of the young core that they that they have, that's helped them. You know, right. lead them to some of these NBA finals and things like that. Or deal and, some, clear some cap space. Right, and, right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I think yeah, definitely. You know, it'll be interesting to see yeah, how Portland handles this whole situation or whatever. And you know, I, it, 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 at the same time, you know, Damian Lillard hasn't. You know, he hasn't been like other superstars where it's like. He's constantly saying like I want out, I want out. It's no, been like this it was the like first time it was, it was like a right. one time deal. I don't, I don't like that he he tied their hands though by saying pretty much Miami or bust. Right, like that that makes it that much more difficult for his team to get true value out of him right. when he's right. limiting what they can do. Right, so but at mean, the same time he's given them every opportunity yeah. to do it before, and and yeah. you know what have they right what have they done for him right? You no, know? So it's it's a business. Yeah. Everybody's in the business to make money and you know whatever um but yeah it's, it's been one of those things the guy's been loyal to you to how, how for right. how long and this is the first time he's ever said anything publicly that he About wants out, out. Yep. and he, he, he's asking for for one thing and and you don't you know you can't give it and I, i'm not saying you give him away for nothing right it doesn't make sense either but there have been other guys that have committed far less or you know been a heck mm. of a lot worse that Less you know, talented than him. Right. I mean, he has him. carried that franchise oh, for right. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how you know both parties handle it. You know, does Lillard you know play it all? You know, how does he handle it? You know, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do something like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business. If he yeah. goes out there and plays and gets himself injured, then he's really worth nothing. Right. Then so it you know it's a very you know fine line. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. How both you know both sides handle this, yeah. uh, Matt? Who, who's your big loser for this NBA free agency? Well, you know, it's by how much I was able to chime on there, chime in on there in Toronto. They were they were one of my picks. I also have the Philadelphia 76ers. You got okay. James Harden, who's now requested a trade to get out of Philly, right. and they really haven't added anything to help Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. a, a guy who left the playoffs again early this year. Right, and, right. You know, he's the MVP, and he just couldn't advance rounds, mm-hmm. and they're they're not doing anything to to help him and mm-hmm. make this team better. He's going to be a lot like uh, Lillard there. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be probably looking show. for a way yeah, out right. here before too much longer because right. they're not putting anything around him to succeed. Right, right, yeah. yeah. All right, very good. Well, this is the inaugural season for the NBA to do a midseason tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it stems from a lot of maybe casual fans don't watch the NBA until it's playoff time. Mm-hmm. I think um, that this is a way maybe they're trying to draw some viewers into that middle part of that season because it is a long season. But it'll start um, on the 3rd of November and run through the 9th of December. And they'll still be playing regular season games as this goes on. But um, And these all count towards your overall record. But uh, it's group play. There's, you know, 30 teams. So there's six groups of five. 
and you'll play each team in your group one time, two home games, two away games. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the, the top six teams, you know, whoever wins that, your group play, your top six teams, and then two wild card teams mm -hmm. will get in that knockout round, single mm -hmm. elimination uh, to be held in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that they, you know, finally got this done because this has been an idea that they've thrown around for a while. From what I was seeing, like the past almost two decades, they've been trying to figure out how to format something like this or, you know, do something like this. You, and, like, you guys like it? I mean – I don't know. It, it will be interesting uh, to, to see. I mean, I, I think I do. The only thing I don't like about it is that all of the groups are Eastern and Western conference type deal. I wish they would have kind of like intermixed it. To, so you would see some like, you know, different matchups. Yeah. And, and from what I was reading, even when they advance to like the knockout rounds, you'll still have Eastern Conference playing Eastern Conference up until the championship game. Uh, so it's still going to be the East versus the yeah, West. So for me, I, I think that this was the opportunity to maybe mix that up to where right. you get like, you know, some semifinal games where it's, yeah, the, the you know, best team in the West playing, you know, the best team in the East where you don't get that in the normal playoffs winner go until, home. until, you know, yeah. it's the finals. Gotcha. Um, and, and so for me, that's the only thing I don't like about right. it. Um, you know, I think it is an interesting development. Um, they drew a lot of the inspiration or a lot of the, you know, kind of uh, format from a lot of the World Cup and, and kind of soccer, the way soccer does some of their mm -hmm. some of their stuff. Um, so, you know, it, the, the inspiration kind of came kind of came from that. Um, I think it, you know, there are some incentives that are out there, you know, for the players. Uh, so. The teams, you know, whatever team wins what they call the NBA Cup, that's what they're calling this, mm -hmm. you know, championship, this in-season tournament, all the players on the winning team will receive $500,000 each each player. So right. if you're on the winning team, you get $500,000. Last guy on the bench or the starter. Yeah, it doesn't matter who, you know, no matter, you know, if you did nothing or you did everything, yeah. you get $500,000. Uh, the teams that lose in the title game, every player gets $200,000. So even if you make it all the way to the title, you lose, you still get, you know, some, right. some cash. Um, teams that lose in the semifinals, they get $100,000. And then teams that lose in the quarterfinals, which would be that first round of the knockout phase, mm -hmm. get $50,000. So, okay. you know, outside of, you know, I don't know, glory or, you know, bragging rights that you won, you know, the NBA Cup and then some money. Right. There's not, you know, really any other incentives outside because they – they were tossing around the idea and they, you know, ultimately nixed this, that whoever won this thing got an ultimate bid into the playoffs. Automatic. Automatic playoffs. bid. Into I, I kind of like that because yeah. then that means you're really playing for something. Right, right. right. You know, right now looking at this, I liken this to kind of the NCAA preseason tournament. You got the, uh, you know, preseason NIT or, right, right. or the Maui Invitational. Right, right. Who really cares if their team wins that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Ultimately, you're playing for that master prize right. as a fan and your rooting interest. I don't care if they win that. I care if they win the big thing. At the right, end. right. I agree. And so, I think yeah. that's going to be the focus still for all these yeah. teams anyway, too. Yeah. But with that being said, I, I do like this winner go home thing. Right. You know, yeah. That, that is, that that is that something excitement, different. Right. That excitement that you do get from the, the NCAA tournament, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's yeah. one and done. You know, right. if you don't win, then you're not moving right. on. You aren't so. the best team on that night. Right. So, so with all these games counting towards your record, mm -hmm. When, when when it hits that one and done phase, are these teams that are losing playing now regular season games against each other to, to keep 
Yeah, the, yeah. So like the, the season just keeps going even. on. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. the season yeah. keeps going. It's okay. not like they stop until this right. thing is done. No, right. the they just continue on with. Well, makes sure every team's playing the same yeah. amount of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. same no eighty-two game yeah. schedule. Right. Gotcha. It's just yeah. Once you're knocked out, you you know continue on with your normal mm-hmm. you know normal schedule as is. And I'm sure they have to shuffle that. Yeah, a little bit. Right, right, a little bit. Right. And I think that's probably why you're not seeing some of that East versus West because you still got to play you know, the people in your own conference a right. certain number of times, right. whatever you want to see those matchups to try to get the best team, you know, mm-hmm. into the playoffs right, at right. the end of the season. Yeah. So, so uh, real quickly before we move, move on, I just want to kind of run through the groups real yeah. quick, just so people, you know, are aware of, you know, who's paired up with who and, you know, whatever. And, and I don't love the groupings either. It's, it's almost, you can you can almost pick the the six champions in my mind when you read through these. Yeah, yeah so it uh, was well, supposed to be random. It yeah. is. It is. Well, so, I got a que- I got a question like that, it, yeah. but that's what they said. <laughs> I mean, that's so if they if they used what they said they used, which is the World Cup format, where they basically put the top three teams from you know there's there's five pots. They put they seed everybody one through fifteen. So right. the one the one through three seed which in the East was Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston, they get put into pot one. The next three teams get put into pot two. The next three teams get put into pot three. So they, again, pick somewhat of like a ping pong ball mm-hmm. out of each of the pots so that you have basically the best, one of the best teams. The second the, best team. Yeah, one the of the third be- best team and the fourth. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's a chance that, yeah. One, one's not loaded up. Right, so they, they with that kind of random draw, you're hoping that it all plays out that, you know, the groupings are somewhat evenly, you know, as far as the records and stuff go are right. evenly, you know, spread. Um, so, you know, I went through, you know, the groupings or whatever, and I tallied up this is, and the groupings were based on last season's regular season record. Gotcha. Um, so I went through and tallied up from one through five in each of the groups, win losses, so in group one, we got the 76ers, the Cavs, the Atlanta Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons in group one. Their overall should run away. Overall yeah. record 198 and 212. Okay. So sub below 500 mm-hmm. with you, you know, adding them top to bottom. Group two, you go Milwaukee, New York, the Knicks, uh, the Miami Heat, the Washington Wizards, and the Charlotte Hornets. Group, you know. Grouped together, their record is two eleven and one ninety nine. So, so almost the exact yeah. opposite. Yeah, I was gonna say this is by far the toughest so of we, all the. We moved to group three. We moved to group three. Oh, this is bad. Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Orlando Magic. <laughs> and you might say worse, but actually overall record is the best out of all of them. Really, two seventeen and one ninety three huh. is the group three from that Eastern, and that's just the Eastern Conference. It feels right. like Boston should just waltz away. It with does. That. It, it should, does. but yeah. you got a lot of teams that, like the Raptors and the Bulls, that were five hundred teams right. in there. So they they're adding to that metric right. where some of these other groups they got two teams that are well below yeah. five hundred in right. them. So right. that's what kind of bolt pulls them down a little bit. So then we move over to the Western Conference um, groupings. We got Group Four. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and then the Tor- Portland Trailblazers. Overall record of two hundred nine and two hundred one, so pretty, pretty, you know, close to five hundred there. That, that, that one I feel is interesting. Yeah. I, I think Me- Memphis and Phoenix are, are going to have a fun battle mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And then Group Five, uh, we got the defending NBA champs, the Denver Nuggets, the LA Clippers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and then the Houston Rockets. Overall record of Group Five. 199 and 211 so below you know below 500 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we move to group six 
Um, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the San Antonio Spurs. Their overall record in Group Six, 196 and 214. So the worst out of the three is that six, is that group. six group right there. So yeah. it well, is. You feel like the, the like the Nuggets should run away with that with that pair, you know, those mm-hmm. pairings in there. But yeah, like you said, it's but it's, as competitive as the Western Conference is when right. you go playoff time or even yeah. you know during the regular season. It, it, I don't, you know, I think it could be just as competitive in this NBA. You well, know. you know, and it's partially into the season, you know, right. injuries, who's right. hot, yeah, who's not, change up. Right. you know, so and, it's, and, and it's only four games in right. that group play. Right. So. And then you get to the knockout round and it's, it's whatever game. you got on that night, you know, yeah. and, and, and then, I like, I like the format. Yeah. And any given night in the NBA, the worst team can beat the best team right. just because, you know, it's, it's one regular season game or whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, they're definitely a lot more, you know, parody, I think in, in the NBA, just because of the length of the season and just, sure. yeah, the, the injuries and, you know, things like that. Fatigue so, and whatever else. So it'll be, play. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Like I said, it'll be, you know, first time this upcoming season. So we'll get, you know, get a taste of it. And obviously I, I, I think they'll see what happens this first time and maybe, you know, make some tweaks, you know, going forward. I, I don't think that this is, you know, set in stone final format type deal, but it will be interesting to see, you know, like I said, this is an idea that they've been throwing around for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they finally, you know, were able to make it, you know, make it happen. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get a taste of it and see, you know, see how it plays right. out. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to finish up with some football news, but before we do that, we're going to have our last commercial break of the evening. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Back. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, we're going to go through the AFC East tonight. Colton, I know you got two teams, so we'll let you get started first. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll start at the top of the you know top of the division. Last year, uh, I'll start with the you know defending AFC East champions, and you know a staple atop that AFC East division. That's the the Buffalo the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, I don't I don't think much is going to going to change from them. I think they're going to you know continue to be one of the one of the top teams, not only in the AFC East, but you know AFC in the AFC general. in general. Um, you know, I think this is a team that, you know, in the regular season, they've won almost 50 games over the past four years. So when it comes down to, you know, best regular season team, you know, the, the Bills are up there towards the top. It's been getting to the playoffs where they just can't get over the hump. This is, right. this is a team that has Super Bowl, you know, winners or Super Bowl competitors written all over it. And every, you know, every time they get to the playoffs, there's just some kind of unfortunate. I, I would attest it to the Philadelphia 76ers type right. deal in, in the NFL with the, with the bills. They, yeah, just some, you know, circumstance or something that, you know, happens when it comes playoff time, they just can't make it over the hump to get, get to that, you know, make it to the illustrious, you know, Super Bowl, uh, you know, let alone win, win it. But, you know, this is a team obviously it finished, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 13 and three last year, uh, you know, won the AFC East, but uh, you know, I, I uh, fell, Fell short of their Super Bowl dreams in the playoffs. You know, lost to the to the Bengals in the in the divisional round. Um, you know, in a 
game that was a total blizzard and, you know, just a mess of a, of a game, but, you know, we're only able to put up a measly 10 points against, you know, against the Bengals uh, in that, in that playoff game. But, you know, they, they lost, you know, lost a couple of guys, uh, you know, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, they lost in free agency, a guy that, you know, had 102 total tackles for the team last year. Um, And then they lost their, their running back in Devin Singletary, who, had about almost 900 rushing yards and then almost another 300 receiving yards. So kind of a versatile guy out of backfield that was able to, you know, kind of lighten the load a little bit on, on Josh Allen. But, you know, in free agency, they then added uh, running back Damian Harris, who comes over from the Patriots, um, added him, who had about 500 rushing yards and, you know, um, only a handful of receiving yards and, you know, a couple, couple of rushing, you know, touchdowns. Uh, so, they, you know, they gain a little bit of production or, you know, maybe lighten the load of, of Devin Singletary lead, uh, leaving. Then they bring over uh, defensive tackle uh, Puna Ford, uh, who's coming over from the Seahawks. Uh, he had 35 tackles and three sacks for uh, the Seahawks last year. So, you know, kind of a run stuffer up there, up, up in the front, you know, front interior part of the defensive line. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing to me, you know, this past offseason, the, the Bills went somewhat interior lineman heavy this past offseason. They added – four new guys at the, the offensive guard position this past off season. Hmm. Um, and, and two of the guys that they added have, you know, quite a bit of experience in the NFL starting experience in the NFL. So they're really trying to beef up that kind of interior, you know, interior part of their line, uh, maybe, you know, to help them out uh, establishing the run game a little better. Cause that seems to be somewhat of their problem is that, you know, Josh Allen has been their leading rusher right. the, the, the past several seasons and, and he's taking a beating. Yeah, doing taking it. a beating. So you know, yeah, if he can beef up that offensive That's not line, sustainable. Yeah, right. beef up the offensive line. Add it, you know, add some guys there to be able to establish the run to take off the load there from from Josh Allen. I think that's going to be you know going to be crucial for for this Bills team. But you know, just kind of looking really quick at their at their schedule. I think this is a team again that can go you know twelve and five, thirteen and four, and I, I think that they're you know they're the pick to win the AFC East until. I see a team or, you know, there is a team out there that can beat them on a consistent basis. You know, they, they have ruled this AFC East the last, you know, several, several years. So until the team, you know, beats them in the season, you know, I see, you know, them, them, you know, somewhat the, the breaks coming off. You know, I, I like this Bills team to continue their dominance in the AFC East, uh, but a, a tough division, I think. And we'll obviously yeah, talk, much tougher, yeah. talk, talk about that. You know, everybody else got their, got their teams to talk about, but yeah, this is, this is a tough, tough division. So yeah, if if any of you say that any of these teams win the AFC East, I would not be surprised because I I think one to four, any one of these teams could, could be sitting atop the standings. All right, Matt, I, you had the Dolphins. You want to give me your rundown on Miami? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So they had a a couple of subtractions this year, but not really much. So they kept their team pretty well intact from a year ago. They lost cornerback Byron Jones, who, yeah, ever since he left the Dallas Cowboys a few years back, he hasn't really lived up to, to what he was doing there. And, and so, you know, probably not a huge loss there. And they lost tight end uh, Mike Mike Jacecki, who was uh, one, one of their better – one of the better receiving tight ends. Mm-hmm. He, he played well. But, you know, they, they the additions they made in this offseason, I, th- I think, is re- really uh, stands them apart here. They added a running back, Sonny Michelle, defensive end, Melvin Ingram. Biggest addition of the offseason, cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I mean – Talk about an upgrade over Byron Jones. Right, that, that, right. That's that's just huge for that defense. Right. Uh, that, that's a guy who you know put him out on the island. He's going right. to stop almost any receiver in mm-hmm. the NFL. So yep. that, that's that's huge for this defense. Right. They added a linebacker David Long, and then uh, they added a, a backup quarterback in Mike White, who uh, 
he's going to give you a little more consistency than Teddy Bridgewater did, mm-hmm. um, kind of injury-prone in Bridgewater. So they, right. they, they want somebody who they felt could be a little more consistent. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of experience there, right. but but I think they know what they're going to get out of him mm-hmm. if if they need him. Mm-hmm. Then they added a, a wide receiver from for your team there, the Jets, uh, Braxton Berrios, yep. who's a nice possession mm-hmm. receiver. A good, good return man, yeah. too. So a lot of stuff he can do there. And the offensive lineman, Dan Feeney. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they made some, some nice additions to really – bolster this offense right. and help to uh but I, I think really ultimately the outlook of this team is going to depend on Tua's health yep. can he stay healthy all year long can he not get any more concussions right. and all that last year the, the Dolphins were nine and eight um you know looking at the outlook of this year's team I predict kind of about the same nine mm-hmm. and eight eight mm-hmm. nine kind of season mm-hmm. but like you mentioned the, this division did get much more difficult mm-hmm. with, with with the addition of a guy you're going to talk about when you talk about the Jets I right. won't steal the thunder there <laughs> right, but right you know, I, I went through and, and I uh, looked at every game on their roster and kind of looked at what was winnable and what was losable. Mm-hmm. So the first game, they, they go out and they play the Chargers. I, I think that's a very winnable game for them. Mm-hmm. Then they go and play the pay, play the Patriots. I think that's another another very winnable game for them. The Patriots have been down lately. Then the Broncos come to Miami. Mm-hmm. Denver's not really turned the corner yet. Right. So, you Still, know, and to be sure. until they show it. You know, again, like they did last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. the season hot last year. So, yeah, and until they show something, I think the Dolphins could really, you know, kick the season off three and zero. Then, then the Dolphins though they have to travel to the to Buffalo there to play the Bills. Yeah, I'm not liking their odds mm-hmm. there. Uh, then they play the Giants, who could go either way depending on what happens with Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. in the offseason. So I, I, I chalk that up as a win. Okay. Uh, they play Carolina the week after that. I chalk that up for a win. Mm-hmm. And then they have to play the defending champions, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. So I, I put that as an L on their on their uh, record there. Uh, then they go and play. They play against the Raiders. I pick that as a as a W. They play the Jets at at uh, at New York. Mm-hmm. So that's I I pick that up for an L. Yeah. Then they play the Commanders. I, yeah. I think that's a very easily winnable game. Mm-hmm. The Titans have been down lately. That's their next one. I pick that as another winnable game. Yeah. Um, then the Jets come to Miami. I think Miami plays well at home. I, I think right. those two probably split. split. Yep. Uh, they play the Cowboys next. Well, the Cowboy lover in me doesn't let the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, <laughs> so I pick that as an L, but yeah. that, I think that could really go either like, way. Yep. Uh, then they play the Ravens, which I think is another potential loss for them. Yeah. And they end the season with the Bills. I think they split with the Bills as okay. well. Okay. So going by that rundown, I actually have them with 10 wins. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, which it, may it, be it good could enough. go anywhere from 8 right. to 10. Could be enough to win the division, yeah, you know, as, as tough as it is. So, yeah, it, it, anything is anything is possible. So, Dad, what you got for? I had the Patriots, of course. Um, you know, in last season, well, let me tell you this: post Tom Brady, they're twenty-five and twenty-five over the last three seasons. So, not, not much of a surprise, yeah. maybe. So, um, but you know, th- there's been more than Tom Brady going on out here. And last year, the defense wasn't the problem. That they, they were eighth in yards allowed in the league, uh, third in points per drive, third in point and yards per play, and second in turnover. So, you know, your defense is playing their good. job. Um, Mac Jones was most of the issue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, his rookie season, he came in in 21 and threw for 3,800 yards, 23 TDs and 13 picks. And then last season, his yards dropped to three or 3,000. He threw 14 TDs and 11 picks and, mm-hmm. you know, was benched partway through the season when there was a falling out. I think Belichick, you know, you know how he just wanted to set the tone. Wanted to set the tone. Brought in a fourth round pick and Bailey Zappi to 
you know, maybe spark something, mm-hmm. spark something, which didn't work out for him either. But, um, mm-hmm. but I think more than what the players that they've tried to do, I think the big key for, for the Patriots is them bringing Bill O'Brien back as a play caller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he had great success in new England. You know, he's kind of that quarterback whisperer guy. He's, you know, but he's been gone for over 10 years. He did a, you know, head coaching stint there in Penn state for a year. And then, moved on to the Texans, uh, coached the Texans, and didn't have a lot of success as a head coach there mm-hmm. either. But mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the key for the Patriots, you know, Bill O'Brien coming back. Um, yeah. You know, they, they don't have – you know, they're going up against that, you know, those elite QBs from Kansas City and Cincinnati and, you know, yeah. and the Bills uh, in their own conference. Um, I think the best that this team could hope for would be maybe a wild card. Mm-hmm. But and looking at their schedule, kind of like Matt did, I went through game by game, and I got them at seven and ten, mm-hmm. six, eleven, seven and ten, uh, yeah. which obviously is not going to be good enough right. even right. for a wild card spot. Yeah. But again, that's a tough division. Right. But it, it's all gonna it's gonna be that chemistry, I think, between Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think really is going to be the key to that. Right. Because then when you when you're talking wild card, you're not competing just against the teams in your own division. Right. You're right. Competing against everybody in the AFC. And, to be quite honest, this AFC is stacked. You might need I mean, 10 wins. Just yeah, you just to be a wild, wild card. card. Yeah, so yeah. it it's going to be tough, uh, you know, for whatever team doesn't make this, you know, doesn't win this division, you're going to – you can't slouch and, you know, just be like, oh, we'll, we'll get it. Like, you got to probably win just as close or just as many right. games as the team that wins this division to, uh, to, to, to be a real, you know, real chance, uh, you know. So, but uh, – you know, I got the last team in the in the division. Um, you know, my my team, the New York New York Jets. Um, this is a team that that finished seven and ten, and you know, finished last. You know, again in the in in the AFC East last year, but sure didn't again, feel like it. Showed a, a thousand percent, you know, improvement on one side of the ball. Offense was still putrid last year. Um, you know, and again, quarterback play was the major Horrendous. issue. So finally, you know, the Jets do something, you know, that they have not historically done. They, you know, went out and got, you know, arguably the best quarterback at the free agency position, mm-hmm. uh, you know, made the big trade for for Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, bring him in. Yeah. And, mean, and you know, a, a big name. You, you don't know, do at, much better than that in free agency. Right, right. Yeah. Before. I mean, uh, you know, obviously – Aaron Rodgers' records be, you know, first, probably a first ballot guy. Oh, yeah. Record, um, stats, yeah. everything for the Packers, you know, off the off the charts, you know, has his own, you know, Super Bowl ring himself. Uh, so they, you know, instantly get better at a position that was horrible for them last year. Um, but, you know, playing off of that, this was a defense that ranked, you know, top five in, mm-hmm. in almost every category last year uh, when it came to the came to the defense, you know, just was unfortunate for them. The defense couldn't score enough points, you know, to, to keep them in the keep them in the game. And this was a team that first four weeks of the season they split, you know, went two and two. Then they won six out of their next eight games. You thought, oh my goodness, this is it? This team make the playoffs? This is you know they're making you know making a run with a with an offense that's absolutely horrendous, ranking towards the bottom as far as points per game and scoring and things like that. But somehow, you know, winning winning games. What all came to a head? The final six games, they lost all six games right. and missed the missed the playoffs. You know, finished at the bottom of the division um, and continue that streak of not making the playoffs, which is actually not only the longest streak in the NFL, but the longest streak among all of the four major sports. So wow. NFL, NBA, MLB, you know, all of them. NHL, yeah, they're they got the longest active playoff drought. You know, out of all the four major ones, so. Obviously, bring in Aaron Rodgers. They're hoping, you know, for me, 
I'm finally excited as a Jets fan, mm-hmm. but I don't want I want to you know temper my expectations because at this point, yeah, let's just make it to the playoffs. Let's let's you know set the bar low. Let's just get in the playoffs so that yeah we can we can get in there and see what we can do because right. it's a team obviously outside of Aaron Rodgers and you know a couple others on the team, this team doesn't have a ton of playoff experience mm-hmm. under their belt. So and it's a different level of, of you know gameplay that you have to do when you get to the playoffs. Um, so you know it. it I just make it to the playoffs in that drought. Let's see what what we can do when we make it to the make it to the playoffs. You, you really got to hope Aaron Rodgers finds his love for the game again, right, though, right. and wants to stay around mm-hmm. a couple of years. Because right. if this turns into a, a, a one and done type deal for them, that right. that's gonna not be the greatest either. Mm-hmm. Could could set them back in that in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, but you know this this is a team you know that that added a lot of pieces. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, the big one. Um, you know, didn't didn't lose a ton in in free agency. Um, you know, and I think one thing or maybe maybe uh you know kind of uh under the radar pickup they added you know alan lazard which you know another former green bay packer and you know uh rogers teammate uh, but maybe something that goes a little bit under the under the radar here is you know i think this is a jets team that's built around running the ball first mm-hmm. they want to establish the run and you know it, it's hard to say that when you got you know a gunslinger like rogers at the qb position but i just think that's that's how this offense is built for this for this Jets team. Right. But Rodgers had his most success when he had a good running back mm-hmm. in his backfield because right. it just opens up everything when, right. when you have a running back that can cause some damage. Too. Absolutely. So you know, going back to Lazard, he's actually known as one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL. So you add him to the mix, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if that's the game that you're trying to play, you know, yeah, add a guy. He's he can do what he can do, you know, from a receiving standpoint, a big body, you know, a big possession type receiver, but. Yeah, something I think that maybe goes a little bit under the radar. He's he's one of the better, you know, blocking, you know, wide receivers in the league. So that's going to go a long way to, you know, really help bolster this offense in in ways that they, you know, weren't able to do do last year. Uh, for for me, um, you know, I, I think looking at their, you know, looking at their record, looking at their season uh, coming up, I think it's a team that can go, you know, probably eleven and six, uh, finish, you know, just behind the Bills there in the division, and and you know, finally make make the playoffs, but. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, this is yeah, like I said, the division from top to bottom that you know is is Very tough. Um, so it's it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Can that defense, you know, it's it's hard to build upon a top five finish. How 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 much more can you do? Um, you know, obviously that defense was was electric last year. Can they continue upon that success? And can the offense then help out the defense and you know somewhat complement them? Obviously, bringing in a lot of pieces, a lot of eyes, a lot of you know, a lot of media, a lot of coverage. So. All the eyes are on them, so mm-hmm. it's it's you know make or break you know type season for for this Jets team. Uh, so we'll see what they can do, but I yeah like them to go about 11, 11 and six and finish just behind the just behind the Bills in the in the division and and you know finally sneak in there with the with the wild card spot. So do we all agree? Bills probably take the division. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, like I said, I don't know how you can bet against them I, until you can beat the best. You know, you you aren't the best until you beat right. the best, and, and nobody has consistently shown that they can beat the Bills. You know, consistently in in the season. Uh, this yeah, this team yeah. Until somebody shows me that, yeah. you know, my midseason pick might be different, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. until we you know actually start playing games, the Bills are you know the team to beat in that right. in that division. But I, agree. I think the gap has shrunk greatly, shrunk yeah. you know in in this division. I agree. All right, well that's the show for tonight. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and uh, appreciate you supporting our sponsors as well. So. Uh, Colton, you want to sign us out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow. 
Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have uh, an Instagram um, at fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook at fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find, you know, all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about, about the show. Um, and as always, you can, you know, find us on pretty much any podcast platform you can, you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big names in, in the podcast game, you can, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.